Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 381 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me again this week, the guru of RedLegNation.com and RedsMinorLeagues.com. It's Dougie Fresh. Doug Gray, how are you, Doug? I'm pretty good. It's been a while since somebody called me Dougie Fresh. I don't know how I feel about that. You like I, mean, I, that. Feel, I feel young. Like uh, <laughs> it takes me back. Well, Dougie Fresh, the actual Dougie Fresh, is not young. So um, neither am I. So <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. This is a, this team, man. This team. We start every week basically talking about how oh, same old Reds. You know, up and down, treadwater. This is perfect because last week. We talk. The name of the podcast last week, the, the title of the episode was The Greatest Week in Podcast History. And the reason for that was the Reds did not lose a single game between uh, episodes of the podcast. It was amazing. It was just incredible. You know, the Reds had that six-game winning streak. And then we get to the last game the Reds had, which was on Tuesday before we record today. They play tonight, but uh, they haven't yet as we are recording this. Uh, and it, it, we get to Tuesday, and the Reds had not won a game since the greatest week in podcast history. And then we had the game against the Twins, the, the, the second game of that two-game series, where the Reds are up 6-2, to two, going to the bottom of the eighth. I'm thinking, all right, we're going to get it. And then they, the bullpen proceeds to uh, vomit all over the mound, give up five runs in the bottom of the eighth. Now, fortunately, the Reds scored three in the top of the ninth, and they did secure that victory. But I thought, oh, man, we're going to have a week where we didn't lose a game, followed by a week where we, the Reds didn't win a game. That's That would be the typical... 2021 uh, Cincinnati Reds uh, commentary, uh, but they won, yay! They did win, so yes, yay! That 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 beats the alternative. <laughs> it does. This team is who we thought they were, right? I mean, I think so. I mean, I feel like I mean, I don't have the, the numbers and predictions, you know, on hand right now, but I feel like most people thought they were a 500-ish team, and what's their record right now? <laughs> 500-ish, uh, exactly 500, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, at least right now they they're performing like we thought they would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they're, now, they're... how they how they've gotten there has been a little bit weird. I don't know if anybody would have expected that specific aspect of it, but I mean, record wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, they're they're we've said it all year. They're clearly a flawed team, but they're also not a bad team either. And frankly, given some of the years we've had to endure, uh, as I've said. At some point, you take just not a bad team, uh, but this team could have been so much more. And I'm sure we'll talk a little more about the bullpen because we always do. But what happened here with the Reds, you know, they had uh, what, won uh, 11 of 13, I think it was, um, had won six in a row going into that series out there in San Diego and just um, they, they, they work out a up to a 4-2 to lead going to the bottom of the ninth. And you bring in Ryan Hendricks for the save. And again, not Ryan Hendricks' fault. He, you know, <laughs> nobody expected him to have to be in the game uh, for a save. He, you know, vomits on the mound. Then Mir Garrett comes in and, and finishes it off uh, in that walk-off win for San Diego. And then they proceed to lose all four in San Diego. And then lose uh, the first game of the Minnesota series in a walk-off as well. So all the excitement that came out of a sweep at Milwaukee, who was tied for first at, at the time, uh, kind of went away. And uh, so, so what are your... What are your feelings uh, after these last six games? Do you do we know anything else that we didn't know before? No, I, I think that we all know that this bullpen stinks, and they've got one reliable reliever, and it's it's going to be a roller coaster ride all year unless 
somehow, quote-unquote, magically, the Reds can fix it. Yeah, we need some magic, no question. Um, let's talk about the, the the week that was, basically, because um, injury news was a, a big part of it. First of all, let's talk about uh, Mike Moustakas was moved. He, you know, he went out on the rehab assignment and then very quickly shut down, I think, after three at-bats in the rehab assignment, and he's now been placed on the 60-day injured list and couldn't be back until, oh, what, the third third week of July, I believe, is uh, was the timing on that. Um, so, uh, we really, this, I mean, the offense has not been bad, but I was really looking forward to getting Moustakas' bat back in the lineup. Any thoughts on that? I mean, not really. I think that you covered it. You know, his, his bat makes the offense better. Yeah, yeah. Although it did would potentially mean moving Suarez back to shortstop, and I'm not sure anyone's eager to see that happen. But um, th- they called up uh, some guy I never heard of for the thirtieth time this year. I used to. How have you, how have you not heard of him? He's been called up thirty times. <laughs> no, it's thirty different players that have been called up that I never heard of oh, to okay. pitch in the bullpen. Um, <laughs> I used to accuse you as as uh, you know I'm not very good at making jokes, but I used to try to uh, humorously accuse you of making up uh, names of. Um, minor league players because you know you know these minor league players I never heard of. Well, this is the first time ever that the Reds have major league players I never heard of. All of a sudden in this bullpen, they keep finding them on the waiver wire and bringing them in from everywhere. And this is going to be an all-time record for the most obscure former Reds on one roster when we're looking back at this uh, in five years. Yes, that that Sporkle quiz will be unbeatable. <laughs> Definitely. So good news for the uh, bullpen. The Reds activated uh, T.J. Antone. Uh, obviously, T.J. Antone, very, very good. And his first game uh, back, actually, was that win against uh, Minnesota, the walk-off win. And what happened to that game was um, Art Warren came in to start the eighth inning after Wade Malley had thrown seven really good innings. And Warren gave up two runs. And then so Lucas Sims had to come in after Warren was only able to get one out. And Sims couldn't even collect a single out. You know, three hits, three uh, earned runs. Um, just a not a good outing. And so... T.J. Antone uh, then came on, and he didn't pitch particularly well, blew the save, but he, he was fine. Um, but so there's basically this one game where T.J. Antone returns. Scott Heineman, the immortal Scott Heineman, was sent to AAA, and now Heineman's back. Lucas what? Sims is on the Why? 10-day injured list. Oh, the Reds caught up an outfielder because a reliever went on the injured list? <laughs> they don't have any relievers down there to bring up. Yeah, yeah it, it really, I mean, for right now, for today, for tomorrow, it probably doesn't matter. They had an off day. Right. The bullpen's rested. You know, it, it, it probably does make more sense to have a, a bench guy up here. Uh, if Scott Heineman's still here on Sunday, things either went really, really well with the starting pitching or something really, really bad happened. Yeah, so um, this bullpen needed T.J. Antone back in the worst way, but they didn't need to lose <laughs> Lucas Sims in the process. And, uh, you know, I'm... Uh, a little nervous about Sims. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, if you don't mind, about uh, his injury? And, you know, uh, it, it might not be great, right? Well, you know, the, the Reds announced it as a right elbow sprain. Now, there, there's, the key word there is sprain, not strain. A sprain means there's a tear. A strain means there's a stretch. There's a very big difference there uh, when it comes to baseball pitchers. You do not want something torn in your pitching elbow. Uh now, the good news is, a couple hours after the Reds announced that, you know, David Bell had his little pregame press conference with the media, uh, and he said that, you know, based on the conversations he had had with Nick Crawl, they were expecting, you know, the initial 
timeline was, you know, three to four weeks ish. Um, you know, he said it's not definitive, but that that's kind of what they're hoping for and what they're shooting for, which to me suggests, hey, it's not a big tear at all. You know, Tommy John surgery probably isn't on the table if they're thinking that maybe, you know, a couple weeks of rest is going to get him back. Um, so there's some bad news in there and that they're not going to have Lucas Sims for at least three to four weeks. Uh, but the good news is, is, you know, they don't think that it's something that's going to cost him the next year or year plus because he has to undergo Tommy John surgery. So depending on how you want to look at it, we, we got some good news or some bad news today. Yeah, it's just kind of wait and see at this point. And yeah, fingers crossed uh, for Lucas Sims because the Reds can't afford to be without him. Um, and, and you mentioned Nick Crawl, and I guess we just <laughs> go ahead. It's a perfect time to dive into this. Nick Crawl, uh, as he's been prone to do recently, um, I don't know how much of it is, uh, or his words that he's saying, but he said some dumb things um, <laughs> that made made none of us feel any better. Essentially, he said that uh, if we have the something like if we have the opportunity to improve our uh, our bullpen, that we're going to do it. And, and you know, Castellani said we could bring it to him, but then he said something. Um, I think the words were, "We're trying to get healthy first, and then we'll see where we are." Is that? Is that the most insane thing you've ever heard? We're trying to get healthy before we see where we are, so we know whether we need to get bullpen help. Are you, either he thinks it, we're idiots, or he's an idiot. Those are those are two of the three options. The third option is that this was another hostage video thing, and he's being forced to say that. Those are our three options, and there are no are no other options. If, if you say that in April, sure, I understand it. It's June twenty fourth right now, and I, I I ran the math as of today. The non-TJ Antone relievers for the Cincinnati Reds have an ERA of 6.66. So where's the situation where literally anyone you can acquire doesn't improve the bullpen? Because you, you almost cannot get worse acquiring somebody when that's the other options you have. Right? I mean, we're, we're sitting here, I mean, with all due respect to Lucas Sims, we just had this conversation where you said the Reds can't afford to not have Lucas Sims. Lucas Sims has an ERA of 5.02, and he's the guy that we're completely concerned about not having available. <laughs> it's completely insane. I mean, it's really I, – I, I, I've met Nick Crawl. He's not a dumb guy. He's, he's really not. But he's sure making himself seem dumb in public with some of these comments. And I just can't believe or, – or he just thinks we're so stupid that – I mean, you know, none of the the beat writers are really – Questioning him, questioning him on that. Um, I'm hammering in print constantly against Bob Castellini. I know you've said things as well um, publicly, but uh, it, it, he's not getting any pushback from anyone that that matters. Um, and so maybe you just think we're dumb enough to just, oh, we're, you know, they're trying, they're trying. And maybe a portion of the fan base is dumb enough to read that and think, well, okay, they're trying. And yeah, that makes sense, trying to get healthy first and because it doesn't make sense, but if you're not really paying close attention, you could maybe think he's, uh, yeah, that sort of GM speak means something. But it's just, um, I, I have to think it's just Nick Crawl is in a, an impossible situation, like we've said all year. What's he going to say? He knows that Castellini is not going to, and this is all speculation on my part. Some of it's speculation. I know that Castellini told them before the season, you know, you're not going to get anybody and we're cutting payroll. Um, but I don't know conversations over the last few weeks. But it just looks to me... Like it's, he knows that he's not going to do anything and he's just trying to say what he can to keep his job in hopes that at some point Kathleen will, uh, you know, wake up and uh, realize that this is not working and he'll have an opportunity to try to do something. That's, 
that's the only thing I can think of because I don't think Nick Crawl is this dumb. I really don't. Uh, and and what he said was dumb. I mean, you said you know maybe they could they could fool people that weren't paying attention. But I've been paying attention, Chad. So here I'm going to lay out the timeline of everything here. So recently, during that same little interview, Nick Crawl had said, you know, we we started conversations with other teams a couple of weeks ago. Well, what's taking so long? If you started conversations a couple of weeks ago, the bullpen's still terrible. Get something done, but they haven't gotten anything done. Which goes back to the fact that you know, like you had mentioned, it just seems like. You know, the, he knows that we can't actually get something done, um, you know, unless it's a move where the Reds don't have to really pay right. cash money to bring someone in. Um, teams aren't trading quality relievers that don't make any money unless you severely overpay, which I'm sure Nick Kroll doesn't want to do. Um, but there's also the, the whole thing where, you know, the you know, we're trying to get healthy. Well, yeah, that would be great. But who are you bringing back that's going to be healthy? So Sonny Gray could push somebody out of the rotation if he's healthy. Well, Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray got scratched from his rehab start this afternoon. Uh, apparently slept wrong on his back or something like that. And, well, if I recall correctly, that's why Sonny Gray didn't start the season active with the Reds is he had back issues. Uh, now, they, they're saying that he's going to come back on Saturday, hopefully, and make his rehab start then, and he'll return after that if things go well. So, you know, maybe you throw Tony Santion or Vladimir Gutierrez from the rotation into the bullpen, and that helps a little bit. Sure, I can buy that. I think that both those guys are better than whoever the heck the sixth or seventh option is out of the bullpen right now. Okay, well, that's that's one person, maybe, to go with TJ Anton and your terrible, crappy bullpen. Uh, Jeff Hoffman is going to come back, hopefully, in, you know, two weeks he's got two more rehab starts at least according to david bell uh, ahead of him well okay so now you've got maybe two and a half three decent relievers maybe i mean i'm saying jeff hoffman is a decent reliever we don't really know he hasn't been a reliever this year in cincinnati uh, all we know is that he's been fairly successful the first time through the lineup uh, as a starting pitcher so okay well then who michael lorenzen in almost four weeks, if things go well for him and he stays healthy on his current rehab, uh, you know, that he's been out. I mean, it's, this is, we're, we're now over three months since Michael Lorenzen got hurt. So, I mean, do we know that we can count on Michael Lorenzen? And it's not like we've got time to wait and see. You know, he's going to come back after the All-Star break, according to their timeline. Well, that gives you, what, a week and a half before the trade deadline? Who knows what's going to happen there? It, it, what what are they waiting <sighs> for? Is the question, Chad? Like I, you can say we're waiting for health, but like it, it's no, they're waiting. I I don't get it. They're and, and, you know, I, I, I go ahead, go ahead, say what you're going to say because I feel like I, I know what you're going to say and I've got a good response for it. Well, maybe I don't know. I don't know if you know what I'm going to say or not, but what I was going to say was uh, waiting for health is their strategy because they have no intention. Or no yeah, ability. They, they know that it's very likely somebody else is going to get hurt, and they can just say, "Well, we we just were never healthy." <laughs> yeah, they can kick the can down the road, and it's it's just ludicrous. It's completely ludicrous, and you know, I would be frustrated with this bullpen if they had been this bad. Extremely frustrated. I would. I feel like I would be far less frustrated if it weren't for the fact that the Reds had two perfectly serviceable relievers. That they all they do is give them money, just pay their salaries, 
uh, before the season. Now, Rosella Iglesias and Archie Bradley, we've talked about, were they going to, you know, turn this into one of the best bullpens in the league? No. You know, and they've both been uh, reasonably good for their uh, current teams, the Angels and, and the Phillies. But what they do is you don't have Ryan Hendricks coming in for a save. You don't have a, you know, you're not counting on a, uh, you know, a Brad Brock, who's been fine, but he's 35. He is what he is. Uh, you know, he's had, you know, 13 good innings, which is good. That's fine. Uh, you don't have, you know, um, Art Warren. Uh, yeah, Art Warren. You don't have uh, Ashton Josh, Godot. Josh Oshich. They just <laughs> pulled up Josh Oshich. Like, it's just a, you said it earlier, it's just a constant stream of who is this guy? Where did this guy come from? Who dropped this guy and the Reds picked him up? It's just over and over and over. Guys that no one has ever really heard of before. Because been... when, when that's your plan for fixing your bullpen is guys that literally no one has ever heard of before. It's a problem. It is. And so that's what's frustrating me is they had two guys that at least does make it a good bullpen. No, but it gets us closer to average. And I, I really believe an average bullpen. Uh, this team is, you know, above 500 and right in the mix in this division. And it's a lot different kind of narrative around this team with just an average bullpen. And I think with those two guys, it's at least closer to average. Um, but uh, oh, it is what it is. I mean, this, well, I guess I think what we really need to – I think we have a question if you were mailed this week, uh, maybe more than one question about acquiring bullpen help. And, well, we've kind of talked about that. I think we need – Reds fans need to wrap their brains around the fact that the Reds are not going to improve the bullpen. The Reds are not, not going not to exter- – Not externally, they're not. No, no. not uh, They're not going to go out and get a shortstop. They're, they're, it's not going to happen. If it happens, we'll all be surprised. But there's zero indications. I think we just need to start accepting the fact – that they're hoping for internal help from the bullpen. And we'll talk about some of those options. Uh, we have a question about it. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, we need to start accepting it, you know. That's uh, what they say. That's the stages of uh, of grief or whatever. Acceptance is, uh, is one of them. And uh, we just need to uh, assume that it's not going to happen. And if it does, we'll, we'll be happy. Maybe we'll be happy. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, goodness. Um, let's, let's, we've ranted enough. Let's talk about um, some other news from the week that I think was, uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago, but now we have another update in the All-Star voting. Major League Baseball announced uh, the updates, the most recent update. And just like the last time around, Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker are second and third uh, in the National League among outfielders. So that's... Uh, that's good news. Uh, it's still surprising to me that they're getting enough support from around the league. But I guess all you have to do is look at the stats. <laughs> if, you, you, if you care about that, when, of course, when I've, used, when I've always voted, I just vote for every red. You know, I voted a thousand times for Bo Diaz one year uh, at the Riverfront Stadium. Um, just vote for whoever your reds are. But, um, but anyway, that's that's exciting, and uh, they're you know still they're behind Acuna still, but they're ahead of you know Mookie Betts, right? And um, surprising so but now this year's voting is is crazy or something do, do you understand completely how this year's voting is going to happen they can I, still I, get screwed can't they is what i'm what i'm asking they, they can and i do understand it and it's weird you know this year they're doing different rounds and your votes reset when a new round starts so even though jesse winker and nick castellanos are second and third right now uh when this round of voting is over the top nine outfielders move forward all the votes are stricken and everything starts back over. Um, and where things get really weird is the second round of voting is only like three days. Not, I don't even think it's a full three days of voting. And then that just, that decides who the all-star starters are. 
crazy. So, you know, the the Reds have, you know, their two outfielders picked up votes over Mookie Betts, who was in fourth place this past week, which is great. That's awesome because, on you know, fair, unfair, whatever, the Reds play in a much smaller market than Mookie Betts does uh, out in L.A. They have way more people out there, way more Dodger fans. The Reds, the Reds outfielders picked up more votes, and they should. They're they're having better seasons this year, I think. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with Mookie Betts. The guy's a superstar, but I mean, have you looked and seen what Castellanos and Winker are doing? They're pretty good. <laughs> Looking pretty good. Yeah, you know, um, I, I worry. Worry is not the right word, but I can see the Dodgers, you know, um, put, making a big push to get Mookie, and so you know, I, I can see one or both of these guys not end up being a starter. I think at this point, we're we're close enough to the All Star break that I can't see any way that Castellanos and Winker both don't at least make their first all-star team. And that's good. I like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for the, the, that all-star thing. I don't vote uh, anymore. And if you're, if that's one of your things to vote, make sure you vote for these guys. But, um, and I probably should, I just, I don't know. I got a thousand things to do here. Come on. Give you all this free podcast content instead of voting. Isn't that enough for you? Quit being greedy. It should be. Yeah. It should be. But I'm excited to see both those guys get their first uh, all-star team. Uh, birth that's a, that's got to be an exciting thing for a player and man they've absolutely earned it and just that's, that's been the single brightest spot about this season what those two guys have done they've just been a joy to watch yeah but have you seen the all-star game jerseys shed <laughs> i did see that today those four guys <laughs> they're, if you they're, haven't they're seen really, them. they're really bad listeners they're really yeah really bad they're often bad but this year they're like and completely insane. So if you haven't seen those, go go search those out, and uh, and or maybe be, don't. Yeah, your eyes will bleed <laughs> if you if you look at them too long. So uh, no other Reds are going to make it uh, to that next round. Doesn't look like right in the no. All Star voting. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, you know, if if they let you vote on pitching, you know, we could be talking about TJ Antone, but you don't get to vote on the pitchers. So. Right. And if he's healthy, I could see him. Uh, you know, making making a, a spot. I don't know. Tough to yeah, see. the only thing the only thing that works against relievers like that is they usually go with closers because there's so few options for relievers. Yeah, um, and you know TJ, despite the fact that he he might arguably be the most valuable relief pitcher in the National League, not exactly a closer uh, in the traditional sense. So if you know whoever's voting on picking those players in the bullpen, they just start sorting by saves. TJ might not be there. Right. Yeah. Um... Although, you know, to the extent that the players and, and managers have, have a say in that, um, they know what it's like when their team has had to face T.J. Antone. So, I mean, who knows? That's, that's true. Um, one more thing here I wanted to talk about from the week's news. Uh, I understand that you uh, took a little road trip yesterday. Is that true? That is true. I, I did I did take a road trip down to Louisville to, to watch a, a certain minor league pitcher throw in uh, – his second AAA game. Was it one Christian Hunter Green from Sherman Oaks, California? I, I believe so, yes. Wow. How did Christian Green do? Uh, he, he was pretty good. Uh, he gave up two hits in five innings, walked three batters, and struck out six. Uh, the two hits were a chopper over Hunter Green's head that was fielded in the infield, and the runner beat it out by about a step. And the other hit was a blooper just over the second baseman. So... You know, no real hard contact whatsoever in the game. Uh, he did run into a little bit of control issues for two batters there in the uh, fifth inning. But other than that, he looked outstanding. Well, um, so as advertised, he's close, isn't he? I, I think he is. You know, I, I somebody asked me earlier today on the radio that, 
you know, do, do I think he could come up and help right now? And I, I really do. I think that he would be better out of the bullpen right now. And let me say this right now. I would absolutely not put Hunter Green in the bullpen right now. But I think that he would have more success as a reliever right now than he would as a starter uh, in the major leagues. We're going to talk about it more later. Uh, we got some viewer mail about that, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that he could also come up as a starter right now, and he would he would hold his own just fine. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll hold off for a little bit deeper of an answer for that later. Definitely. So, yeah, yeah, excited to see that he's kind of hit the ground running um, at AAA. And i got to think that uh, Lodolo is going to be following him very soon, wouldn't you think? As long as he can keep uh, you know the, the blister issue mm-hmm. in check, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Nick Lodolo actually would have been in AAA by now as well had he not run into the blister issues and missed three of his last four starts. Yeah, poor Lodolo, uh, first round draft pick, and it's, there's you know no oxygen in the room when you're on the same uh, rotation as, uh, as Hunter Green. You know, it's, it feels like he's under the radar a little bit, although he's been you know just as good, uh, just as I mean, brilliant. I mean, he, he he's got better numbers. Yeah. if we're being honest, I mean, minus the fact that he's missed those starts, I mean he. As ridiculously good as Hunter Green has been, Nick Lodolo outperformed him when they were both in Double A. I want to sit just and kind of dream about those that one-two punch uh, with with Castillo and Molly in a couple of years. That's a that's a rotation. That's a right, freaking let's, rotation. Let's, let's, if, let's hope so. Let's if hope they can ride, that's true. Yeah, well, you know, there's a, there's a long way. There's no such thing as a pitching prospect, as uh, as we know. And uh, there's there's just there's no such thing as a you know three year in the future rotation either. that's true yeah, that's you true don't, you just don't know i mean trades unfortunately injuries i mean that applies to big league pitchers too i mean it's just there's a, there's a lot of things that can happen so um a lot of the other topics i wanted to discuss this week are brought up in viewer mail questions so we're gonna we'll, we'll tackle them as they come along so we're gonna answer some questions here these come from actual viewers these are actual letters from actual viewers if they weren't actual letters could i do this you couldn't. Exactly. It's impossible. These, these are actual letters from actual people. They come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you two can support the podcast. I, I put out a challenge last week, and um, and uh, the, the the viewers answered the call. We got uh, several new uh, sign uh, members of the family, new new people joined up for the family, and a couple are at the uh, the level where you get a thank you on the podcast. So let's do them, let's do them right now. First comes uh, from Dave Hammonds. Dave Hammonds, welcome to the family. Now, as you know, our tradition here is once you join the family at patreon.com slash redlegradio, you get, uh, we get to assign you a position on the Redleg Nation Radio Beer League softball team. Dave Hammonds, you got anything pop to mind immediately? I've got something in my mind, I think. Yes, I, I'm going to go with catcher because it reminds me of Hamilton Porter. Uh, from Ooh, the Sandlot. Yeah. Who's the catcher? You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that guy's got a good uh, TikTok account, too. I don't know if you know that. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, that's what the kids tell me. You know, the kids these days, they love their TikToks. They, they do. Right? And, you know, some of, some of them are, I mean, as a really, really old human being, I like some of them, too. Well, it's, the, you know, uh, Twitter is the worst managed company in the world because it's just a, it's a, it's just the worst. But anyway, they had uh, Vine and they shut it down. And Vine was uh, brilliant because it was, uh, it, it amazed me how creative people were. You had seven seconds, I think, to to be funny. And it was, it was amazing to me how creative people are. And that's the same thing with, with the TikToks. But anyway, Dave, that's not, I didn't, that's not what I had because for some reason that name was bringing to mind uh, Dave Kingman to me. And so I was thinking about a, like a hard hitting 
home run hitter out, outfielder that just you know with a batting average of two hundred two. So, but I like your I like what you got better. We're gonna we're gonna he's gonna be our catcher. He's uh, he's <laughs> just like uh, in uh, what's that what's that movie uh, the, the Sandlot. There you go. Yeah. Um, Dave, thank you so much. Appreciate you joining us and glad to have you as part of the family. Next comes uh, Will Alderman. Will Alderman. Now, Will actually left a viewer mail question in which he says this. Hello, Chad and Doug. I just became a subscriber. <coughs> Excuse me. Will, you got me choked up that you've joined the family here. I just became a subscriber. <laughs> really choked up, Chad. I probably should edit that out, but I'm not going to because I want Will to know just how choked up I've gotten over the fact that you've joined the family. I just became a subscriber today, so for so now for my position on the Beer League softball team. First of all, I have played slow-pitch softball for 24 years now, but I'll let you guys have some fun with my name, Will Alderman, and guess my position. Scroll, and he says, you can scroll to the bottom and uh, to see if we were correct. So, Will Alderman. Um, what I'm thinking here first is that he's actually uh, not on the team, that he's like a local, uh, you know, local town counselor, uh, or a an alderman, if you will, and who uh, is, uh, you know, sponsoring the team because he's, cam he's campaigning right now. He's up for election this fall. Okay. No, so probably not. Go? You got a better position? I mean, I, I'm i going to go back to the it, – it just made me think of an actual baseball player again, and I thought Tim Adelman, who you know, he pitched for the Reds a couple of years ago. He's actually in AAA with uh, the Louisville Bats again this year. Uh, so I was going to go with pitcher, but I, I think that he's got a really good floater pitch. He's a specialty pitcher. He's not just your typical average, you know, just lob it in there and hope the defense does some work. And, you know, it's it's softball, so hopefully the ball just doesn't go over the fence. I think he's got a nice floater pitch. Will Alderman, Tim Adelman. That's interesting. I like it. You know, actually what I was going to go with was I thought Will, and I thought, well, you know, who's a, who's a Will? And I thought Will Clark jumped to mind. William Ooh, Will Nushler. Clark. Yeah, that William Nushler Clark. Middle name Nushler. You could look it up. He was good. So I thought, oh, maybe he's a left-handed hitting first baseman, you know, really good fielder, left-handed thrower. But I like the Tim Adelman connection. That's what we're going to go with. We're going to say Will Alderman, Tim Adelman. He's a starting pitcher. Back of the rotation, but a really good uh, floater pitch. I like it. So um, Will says, uh, I've enjoyed your podcast over the past year. First started listening to the Building the Machine series. And now to reveal my softball position, right field was first, catcher second. Second baseman, third, and pitcher, fourth. So he could be the fourth starter. There we there go. We go. Got it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining. Uh, appreciate you uh, um, supporting the podcast in that way. Now, let's move on to the viewer mail questions. First come from Matt LaCron. Matt LaCron asks this Have you scouted any billboards for your sell the team advertisement? And I'm going to have to uh, explain that. One of the perks of joining uh, the Patreon family is you get access to our Slack channel, which is kind of like a private Twitter feed for just us. I wait for all of us to talk. Um, and, and I had the thought the other day, I said, you know what I might do is I might uh, see about uh, if I can find a good billboard somewhere near the stadium and see how much it would cost me to rent that thing out and just put sell the Reds Bob with uh, the Red Leg Nation radio logo uh, on the, on the uh, billboard. Just, Put it up there and see if we can get anybody to notice. What do you think about that, Doug? I mean, typically I would never advise someone to go with, uh, you know, billboard advertising these days. But when you're trying to target one man who's about 80 years old, right. advertising online probably isn't the way to do it. So I, I think you're on to something with the billboard. That would probably be a lot more effective 
at getting Bob Castellini's attention. Maybe I can get uh, an ad on a Geritol bottle or some Metamucil. I, I mean, I see where you're going there, but the odds of him getting that specific oh, yeah. brand is that's a problem. Um, maybe, ooh, here we go. What about one of those like banners that fly behind the airplane and just fly it around the ballpark for a, you know a couple uh, maybe 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 a week long homestand? There's he'd have to see it then, right? I thought about that. I thought about that. Uh, the question is where who's going to is you know uh, the inquirer going to write about one over the other with a bullpen they might they may you know pop out a, a an online article at least about it so everybody will even if they don't see it in person they'll they'll see the picture of it i don't know i'm just uh, I'm, I'm serious about i'm going to do something at some point i'm going to do something uh i like the idea of the plane too i, I considered that i don't even know who you contact to do something like that that's such a niche product who does that <laughs> I don't know, but Google—it's got a lot of answers. So Google does have the answers. So, uh, so I haven't scouted any billboards, Matt, but I am going to uh, do that uh, unless I come to my senses at some point. Um, J- Joe Farsing, with summer in full swing, and we do have some baseball questions coming up here, so I promise. But Joe never asks a baseball question. With summer in full swing, what's the best summer vacation you ever had? Childhood or adulthood? Doug, is there a, a one particular summer vacation? that you can pinpoint that was the best that you've ever had? No, because I don't know that I've gone on real vacations before. Really? Yeah, but I, I think, like When I was six, we went to Florida and stayed with my mom's friend for a couple of days. That's really the only vacation I can ever really think of taking. Uh, so I guess that one? The truth it, is... It, it, it rained most of the time. <laughs> That's still... Still, what a great what a great vacation! Yeah, I've... with mom's friend. Um, yes. You know, as a kid, we really didn't take vacations. Um, we went to uh, Florida once to stay with my uh, mom's cousins. Um, and you really, the only thing we did was in the summer is that we would you know we lived uh, three and a half hours from Cincinnati, so we'd just go and you know get a get a motel room uh, in the Cincinnati area and we'd stay for three or four days every summer and go to games and go to Kings Island. And that was a big deal to me. So I, so I have gone on uh, some trips uh, since reaching adulthood. Um, and I guess I would say that it was the one I've talked about here before, I think, I think, but uh, three years ago, uh, the family we went to, went to Rome and uh, Florence and, uh, and Venice, Italy. So spent a couple weeks in Italy. That was just incredible. Can't wait to go back. So that's, that's my answer. Joe, what's your best summer vacation? Oh, he's not here. He can't answer that. I thought you snuck him on. <laughs> Philip Razor. Question for both of you. When He actually has uh, has two questions. We'll take the first one first. When Sonny Gray comes back, does Tony Santion go back to AAA or does he go to the bullpen? Now, here's my opinion. And I'll ask you what you think will happen. I think he should go to the bullpen, to me, without question. Not saying that he's going to be a reliever for the rest of his career or anything, but I think he makes the bullpen better. He's better than whatever random, you know, waiver wire pickup you have of the week. Uh, and so I'll ask you: Do you think that's what should happen, and do you think that's what will happen? I think that it's what should happen. I'm split on whether it will happen. I, I really do get the feeling that it's something that is being considered by the organization, but I don't know if they'll pull the trigger on it or not because you, know, you just. If you look down at AAA, you've got Hunter Green, and I don't think they'd be confident calling anybody else with a starting pitcher. There's nobody else that's really on the 40-man roster. Do they want to make that roster move to to call up 
Hunter Green. And I, I, I think that that kind of comes into play with, you know, if you call up Hunter Green, you don't want to send it back down. And so Tony gives you that that depth in AAA as a starting pitcher. If you put him in the bullpen and he stays there for a couple of weeks, and then you do need a starter, you know, is is his workload going to be ready at that point to, you know, throw him right back? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a good point, and I'm interested to see what the Reds actually do. But I'd be surprised if he stays. Okay, now second part of uh, Phil's question: Now that Douglas is verified on the Twitter, does the apocalypse happen this week or after the season is over? Thanks, xxx oo Philip. What does that mean? I mean? There's no way that it would happen after the season is over because. You know, the only way the apocalypse would happen is if the Reds were on the verge of winning, uh, and then it would happen, and we don't get to see it. Classic Cincinnati. Exactly. So, um, thanks for your questions, Phil. I'm glad to have you back in the in the rotation. Oh, that was really hard to say. <laughs> Got to be nice to him since he's one of our patrons. Mike Perry asks this question at Patreon.com/slash/RedLegRadio: Over or under seventy five percent? The chances that Nick Castellanos opts out of his contract. As you know, Nick Castellanos does have the uh, right to opt out of his contract after this year and become a free agent if he wishes. What do you think, Doug? Over or under 75% on the chances that he opts out? Over. With the season he's having, I mean, even with the, the collective bargaining agreement being up and, you know, that, that could leave some players a little bit hesitant, it, it's hard to see how he wouldn't get more than a, a two-year, $32 million deal. Yeah, I think it's over as well, uh, which is why... Uh, Bob Castellini needs to get off his butt and renegotiate that contract. And then we all had somebody talk about that recently. Yeah, but then then every time we talk about it, uh, we have a hearty laugh (laughs) because there's no chance that Castellini is going to do that. It frustrates me that Castellini and Castellanos are similar names because one of them I like very much. The other, not so much. Yeah, well. (sighs) Jace Linford asks, what harm, if any, would there be? If we strictly decided that uh, Green and Lodolo went to the bullpen for the Reds this season, with the implications they'd return to being starters next year, similar to how David Price did with the Rays, how lots of teams have done with their starters. The Reds have been less successful <laughs> doing that, as we know. But um, my opinion is that just for workload reasons, uh, largely, sometime before the end of the year, if they're both healthy, um, get them up here and, and have them in the bullpen. Um you know, because if they're if they're starting the rest of the year, I don't know what kind of an inning restriction they're on. Uh, the Reds know that, but uh, you know it's been a while since either of them pitched actual games, and so they they have, surely are on some kind of a restriction. So I like the idea of getting them up, and maybe it helps the bullpen uh, this year. And then, um, but no way I want those two to be uh, relievers long term unless we get more data that says they can't be starters. You know, as as we go further along in their major league careers, um, would there be any harm to doing that? Jace asks. I will say yes, with the caveat of it depends when you do it. Uh, right now, on June 24th, there's no way I'd consider it for either of them. Um, one, I think with Hunter Green specifically, you need to build up those starter innings. Uh, he, he does not have the baseline that Nicodolo has because of you know he threw over 100 innings in the season in college. Um, and then when he was drafted, he threw you know a handful of innings after that. So he, he's, got a, he's got a much larger... Uh, starters workload baseline to build upon um, than Hunter Green does. Hunter Green's never thrown more than I think 73 innings in a given season. Uh, you, you, you need to you need to build on that so he can be a starter for you 
as soon as possible. When he's ready to step into the major leagues, you want him to not enter that, you know, Steven Strasburg situation where, hey, it's mid-August, we're in the middle of a pennant run, and, you know, our best pitcher has to be shut down now because we're scared he's going to get hurt. You, you want to avoid that at all costs. Um, and with Hunter Green specifically, that that's a much bigger concern because of just his history has kept him from building on those innings. Um, you know, with, with Nicodolo, you don't worry about it quite as much. But right now, you still want you know, him to build up more than he is. And then the other thing is, is, you know, unlike guys in the past that did make this move, they didn't have a 2020 weird season. You know, we don't, we still are trying to figure out, and I say we, it's not me. I have, I'm just hoping and praying for good things to happen to pitchers. But, you know, teams are still trying to figure out and assess how to handle things because you know, they just don't know with, with how the season played out last year. I mean, even for guys that pitched in the major leagues, they don't really know how guys are going to react, you know, in the second half with, you know, just, you know the, the top pitchers in the league threw 60 to 70 innings last year. You know, what is that going to do to guys' arms come August and September? They, they don't know. Um, and, you know, then you've got guys like Lodolo who pitched at, you know, the, the alternate site, but it, it's not quite the same. So I, I think that with guys like that that are just – I mean, let's be real. I mean, I think that everybody, including the Reds, are saying these guys are the future. You you want to be as cautious with them as possible while not being overcautious. And I, I think that you just you you want to keep them in the rotation right now in the minor leagues. And then later on, like you said, Chad, you know, as they reach that innings limit, whatever it happens to be, you know, maybe then you think about, you know, putting them in the in the bullpen so you can keep them pitching, you know, throughout the season and hopefully into the playoffs but you're not putting too much stress on their arms. Yeah, you know, again, I don't know what the limitations are that they're working with, and I, this is actually an area where I do kind of trust the Reds uh, with the pitching. Um, I think they were a little slow to, to move Hunter Green up to uh, AAA, but no, I get it. I understand why they did it the way they did it. But uh, to me, I'm, I'm looking at, we get to August 1st. I mean, if it, in a vacuum, the fact is these guys are two of the you know 10 best pitchers in the organization. They should be on the major league roster. That's the way I've always looked at it. But I'm not necess- I'm not really saying that. I think that's you know in a vacuum. If you want the best big league team on the field, uh, you know you they're they're up here. Uh, there are other considerations, and there should be other considerations. Uh, the way I look at it is, we get to August first. You know, if the Reds are are in in the race, then I start getting serious about when I'm going to bring both these guys up. Presuming they continue to uh, pitch effectively, I and mean, we shouldn't probably shouldn't presume that because you know. Green has moved up a, a, a level, and, and Lodolo presumably will be soon as well. Uh, but presuming, presuming that they do what we expect they can do, I start thinking around August first. We've got two uh, two months left in the season. Um, start looking for when when's that date when we're going to get them up. When's that date that we're going to get them up here, and maybe even get them up here and make a couple starts up here too, depending on who's injured and what's going on at that time. You know, before you transition them into the bullpen. I just uh, I think if the Reds are in the race. In August and then into September, certainly in September, those guys have to be in the big league bullpen in 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 September of this season. If the Reds are in the race, they absolutely have to be because they will make the bullpen better. There's just no question in my mind today they're better than the you know the um, Ashton Godos of the world. Um, so yes, you need to be cautious, but also we need to recognize as well that if this team's in a race. 
that's why we're here. And they, they need to figure out how they can get the best value out of those guys on the big league roster right now while also managing you know their workload so that they have them on the big league roster for the next five years. And it's it's I don't know the answer to it. It's a tough it's a tough call. But the Reds have to figure out how to thread that needle going down uh, the, through the end of the season. But I do expect to see both of them on the big league roster at some point. And, and I expect to see them in the bullpen on the big league roster. And that's largely supposition because we've not really heard that from anyone associated with the Reds. Any other quick thoughts about that, Doug? No, I think I think you pretty much nailed it. No, you nailed it. I just kind of filled in some of the gaps uh, so I could pretend right. like I'm doing something. Michael Team Henry. Teamwork. <laughs> yeah. Michael Henry, I'm sorry we don't have a good answer to this question, but I'm going to read it anyway. Who should the Reds be targeting to get at shortstop and to fix the bullpen before the trade deadline? We can talk about some names if you want, but the Michael, I just I have zero expectation that they're going to do it, do anything like that, because you have to give up something to get something. So I don't know why we're just spinning our wheels talking about who they should target, because I don't think they're going to target anybody. Fair or unfair? What do you think, Doug? I mean, I, I I'm pretty much with you. I, I think that if if we're specifically talking about shortstop, if from from where I'm sitting, which it's about 17 miles from Great American Ballpark right now, so they're not really asking my opinion on it. But I think that they're probably just hoping that Jose Barrero keeps on doing what he's been doing in Double A so far, uh, and you know maybe maybe he's the option in August and September. Oh, we got a question about him later because I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I do want to talk about him. Um, so we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Joey Gaditza has a similar question that we don't have a good answer for you, Joey. Uh, hey guys, hope you're both great with Sims on the 10 day now. Surely they have to add someone. Is Bob clever enough to realize this? No, he's not. He's not. Oh, I, th- I think he is clever enough to realize it. I think that he just doesn't care because because the the money is more important. If you all had just bought more vegetables. He would be, have more money to spend. Oh, no, he wouldn't spend it on the team. That's right. He already told us he's only gonna, he's not going to inject any capital from any of the owners. Into the, yeah, because God, God forbid you just invest in your in your business. Bob Castellani is the worst. I can't believe it. He's turned out to be worse than Carl Lindner. It just blows my mind. Uh, Joey also says, P.S. Chad, Habs Isles is a real possibility. That's, that's a little bit of hockey talk. We've been talking in our Slack channel about the hockey. The Islanders uh, going to Game 7. Go Isles. Um, Kyle Kapler, have you ever watched a Reds game while listening to the band Fastball? And what year in the 90s did this occur? Classic viewer mail question. Remember the band Fastball? Absolutely not. <laughs> Go look them up. They had like one good song uh, in the 90s. Um, no, no, I've, I've never watched a Reds game while listening to the band Fastball. But I will say this, that when I was in college, me and some of my buddies, we started a, a, a Bruce Springsteen cover band. We called it Speedball. Speedball was the name of our Bruce Springsteen cover band, Doug. I mean, I, I use Speedball Inc. when I make art stuff. Does does that count? Is that the same thing? I don't know. I just know that no. uh, Springsteen had a had a buddy back in high school. He was a good baseball player. Throw that Speedball by you, make yeah. you look like a fool boy. Um, <laughs> I see. Uh, Bruce Springsteen is trash. These and all the, all the hot takes you can handle just by joining the Patreon. Uh, Nathan Connor asks, and we got to run through some of these because we're uh, run. We got too many patrons now. We're gonna have to cut down on these questions, guys. Uh, always remember, short and pithy. Keep them short if you can, because we can get more of them. Uh, Nathan is just uh, ignoring me. He says, "Hey, Doug, no greeting for me at all." Nathan is not a fan. Fangraphs had a flattering article on Braxton Roxby recent. Boy, that's a good name. 
on Braxton Roxby recently. Are you aware of any special excitement inside the club about him, or is his development something that is looked at more as an expected norm? Discuss Braxton Roxby for a bit, please. Now, is this a real player? That is a real player. He was undrafted last year. Uh, well, um, last year was weird because right, he had five yeah. rounds, but uh, he he might have gone undrafted anyways. Um, the Reds really, really liked what they saw with his slider. Uh, you know, in, in college, he had an ERA over seven at a school that, you know, that pretty sure was in Pittsburgh, and people in Pittsburgh don't know that that college exists. Is but, it Duquesne? No. <laughs> But he's just one of these guys. He's got a really, really, really good slider, and he throws it a lot. And right now, he's at a level where the guys that are at that they have no chance of hitting that pitch. He's given up five hits in 17 innings. Uh, his ERA, I think it's 0.52 right now. Uh, you know, in a sense, he kind of reminds me of Ryan Hendricks in that he has a very incredible breaking ball that he can't quite locate for strikes, but if you come across the right number of hitters, it's going to be a problem for him. Um, I, I think that developmental-wise, he, he's going to try. He's going to have to, you know, throw that pitch for strikes more often that aren't, you know, crazy swinging strikes on the ball that lands, you know, in the other batter's box because he's facing, you know, right now kids that are playing in in high A. But yeah, he's he's got real stuff. Um, I think that the, the numbers tell you a little bit about him, though. He's got 11 walks and 17 innings, but nobody can hit him. He's got to throw more strikes, but if he can, look out, because the stuff really is there. Also, what a name. Braxton I mean, it, Roxby. It, it's a pretty good name. Whew, classic. Um, thank you for that, Doug. Uh, James Urban, we've... Uh, Really, we've already tackled this one, but I'll, I'll, with the trade deadline getting closer, is there any chance that all this team is buying? Here's where we insert a hearty laugh. <laughs> exactly. I wish we were, James, but I, I see no I see no indication that the Reds are going to be buying. Um, Seth Shaner, we've already answered your question as well, so I'll just read uh, part of your comment. Uh, what kind of roller coaster ride did we sign up for this season? And it has been a roller coaster. Last week's podcast came after the greatest week in Red Lakes Radio history. This week, come off a losing streak and a weird Wednesday day off. So, yeah, it's a, this. It, it, in, Buckle your seatbelts because this is going to be the way it's going to be the rest of the year, I think. This team is just, it's, they're so flawed that they're going to have uh, have issues, but they're also, you know, they're, they're not bad. <laughs> yeah, there's some real talent. They really, the first 18 guys on the roster are pretty good. <sighs> if they if they reduced rosters to 18 players, the Reds in pretty good shape. Jeff Euchler. In case you guys don't discuss it this episode, the bullpen's having problems. <laughs> I see what you did there, Jeff. I like it. Is there anyone in the minors who hasn't had a shot yet who might be worth looking at? I noticed Finnegan and Adelman have pitched out of the bullpen in Louisville. Is either, especially Finnegan, showing any signs they would at least come in and throw strikes? Now, I will leave this to you since you are uh, the minor league guy more. But I will say that coming into the season, I was really hopeful that Brandon Finnegan would get it uh, get it back together. Because he had such a great arm when he first came up. And, uh, you know, lefty. And just 28 still. And uh, I see that he's doing amazingly well in AAA. He uh, has three wins and zero losses. So, yeah, bring him up, right? Uh, no. No. no Kat, get, get, scroll, scroll, scroll over a little bit. And oh, there are other numbers look, look at look, look at that 6.75 ERA. Oh, um, is that what that is? Brandon Finnegan's walked 15 batters in 20 innings, and he's given up 24 hits. He, he has not performed well. No. Uh, so, I'm, I'm not, as much as this pains me to say it, 
I, I really don't know if there's anybody in the double A AA or triple A bullpen right now that can come up and help. Um, I, I spoke with a scout the other day uh, whose job it is to cover the Reds for his organization, and he had seen both Chattanooga and Louisville in the past two weeks, and he pretty much said the same thing. Uh, he, he doesn't see anybody that could be of any immediate help right now um, among the bullpen uh, guys in double A AA or triple A that could come up and help Cincinnati. Are we ignoring CNL Perez? 0.87 ERA in triple A? Yes. Why would we yes, ignore him? Is it something to do with the 8.31 ERA he had in Cincinnati? Yes. Yes, it is. Santiago Gutierrez are the only two, <laughs> really, that I can see that could help. And I'm not ready to have them not starting either, necessarily, just yet. But at some point, it's going to get desperate enough. The Reds are going to have to say, we're going to bite the bullet on one of these guys because we need arms. Well, maybe, let's just wait until they get healthy, then we'll figure it out. Yeah, then, we'll, then they'll figure it out. Yeah, oh, gosh. Um... John Majewski. John says this. My son and I saw the Reds and Padres play on Father's Day. Reds lost an exciting game, but what a great experience, in part because Petco Park was almost filled to capacity. Padre fans clearly appreciate a franchise that is willing to spend money and to compete. Uh, and their franchise benefited as well. Fans only purchase their tickets. Lots of overpriced food and alcohol as well. Are MLB teams really allowed to spend money to field a fun and competitive team that, in turn, produces more revenue for the franchise? Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd concept. Um, bold strategy, Cotton, right? But uh, that Padres was is interesting because uh, it was kind of a wild scene out there, wasn't it? With the fans and the team, is you know they're having fun. That that looked like a fun time if you're a Padres fan, right? Yes, it did. I was very jealous, but I mean, I'm I'll get back to the whole thing where you don't have to put a good team on the field to make money as a major league baseball team owner anymore, and that's the problem. Yes, you'll make more revenue if your team wins. But let's say you go out and you spend that money and injuries happen and you don't win. Well, then you lose more money. And there's there's that risk-reward scenario. Well, you can suck. You can really, really suck as a Major League Baseball team and still make 15 to $25 million in profit every year. Yeah, as Bob Kifani knows. Or you, can, or you can go for it, and maybe you can make $35 million. But maybe you only make five because all of your players get hurt and then you lost and then you only sell 19,000 tickets a game. If you haven't yet, go read my piece from Cincinnati Magazine about uh, the title was, I think, the headline was uh, Why the Reds Don't Love You Back, Don't Love Their Fans Back. And that's that's the whole case. There's no incentive for Bob Castellini to try to win. But, man, what a great experience it is. If you you look at this franchise as more than just a – you know, part of your portfolio, but as kind of like a public trust that, you know, you're, you're playing with the emotions of millions of people um, and you want to do something good for your fans. The Padres are, a, it took them a long time to get there, but finally they got an owner that was willing to, to kind of get there. And we're not going to do it with Castellini. We're just, we're going to need another, uh, another uh, owner. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, I was, I do want to add, since he talked about going to Petco uh, this over the weekend, we got a, got a kind of a wild hair and we went up to Pittsburgh to check out the PN- I'd never been to PNC Park, and this is part of my 2021 boycott Bob Castellini tour of the major leagues. Uh, it's the second of at least four different stadiums that I'm going to go to this year. Um, this is the first new stadium that I hadn't seen before. PNC Park's nice. I mean, I don't think it's that much better than Great American because I really love Great American. I think Great American's really underrated, but PNC Park is nice. It's really we had a, we had a good time there, even though the Pirates stink. They didn't win that game though. <laughs> the pirates do stink. I'll say that much. They're bad. Um, 
Also, got the other two on my uh, Bob Castellani boycott tour this year, uh, Dodger Stadium. And uh, going to go to, uh, I think it's called Chase Field out there in Arizona this uh, this summer. So my first time at those stands as well. Gary Hilliard, if Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo get called up this year, will 2021 be considered the rookie year? Or will they be considered rookies in 2022? Well, that's going to depend on how much they pitch this year. You know, if they if they pitch more than whatever the cutoff is, and I don't even have it at, I should have looked that up before we started, but it's just going to depend on how much I they know, pitch. I know that answer. What is it? Go ahead. So to qualify for Rookie of the Year, which would make you a rookie, you have to have less than 50 innings pitched or less than 45 days on the active roster. Before now, next season. Before, yes, before the next season starts. So it's possible they could be rookies in both years. Uh, well, that's true, actually. That's true. Why not both? Chuck Nichols asks at patreon.com slash redlegradio. It's another happy Thursday with Chad, son of Dot. Actually, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the grandson of Dot. My grandmother's name was Dot Dotson. Um, and Doug, white plus black, look to the cookie. If you understand that, uh, yell at me on Twitter. Look to the cookie. Do you get that, Doug? I have no idea. Okay. I'm so confused. All right. So you yell at Doug, too. Tag us both. And, and... You, you, can, you can yell at me for many different reasons, though. Look to the cookie. Just a quick observation. Suarez is starting to remind me of Rob Deere, if you remember if you remember him from back in the day. This is really not meant to be an insult at all. I enjoyed watching Rob Deere play. Uh, I, I know where you're going with that, and I see why you're saying that. Rob Deere was uh, kind of like Dave Kingman that we mentioned earlier. Lots of home runs, uh, low batting average. Suarez, a 177 average, but he is second on the team in home runs, uh, which is, is something, I guess. You know, his slugging percentage is still just 376. If the Reds had a major league shortstop, here's what's an interesting uh, hypothetical or thought project here. If the Reds had an actual major league shortstop that was decent and not, bless his heart, Kyle Farmer, he's not good. Um, he's hitting worse than Suarez. So, But if they had a real shortstop that's a, that's a decent hitter and could play the field, when Moustakas comes back, you could make the case to send Suarez to the bench. I mean, I don't think I would do that, but it's a pretty easy case to make. But the Reds don't have a shortstop, so. No, they do not. So I'm going to go on a quick little sidetrack here. I saw a stat the other day, and I, I wish I could credit the person for it, but I can't remember who it was. They were talking about Rob Deere and how many strikeouts he would have if you normalized it to the current strikeout rate today versus what it was when he was playing. And he would literally be striking out 50% of the time he stepped to the plate if you corrected <sighs> his strikeout rate from when he played to today. Yikes. So that's just that's just that's just fun to think about that, you know, in theory, he would have struck out about 280 times in a season, given the amount of playing time that he got. That is if you crazy. Were playing today. Yeah. Um, that is crazy. All right. What else we got here? How about Jay Cottrell? Jay Cottrell asks, Rheingeist or Moorline? These are uh, local breweries. Rheingeist has uh, the Hustle IPA, which I believe is named after some Cincinnati baseball player. But Moorline House is my absolute favorite postgame. Buffalo shrimp and a beer. The Handlebar and Strawberry Flying Pig winning season are really good. Both Cincinnati breweries are tough on the spelling challenged among us. Rheingeist or Moorline? I bet you don't have an opinion on this. I, I do and don't. See, because if we're only talking about the beer, I have no opinion. Because I never had either. But I've actually been to the Christian Moorline Lager House which is, you know, it's right across the street from the ballpark. Good food. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've eaten there as well. It's fine. Um, I like it. Uh, 
and, and Jay, I'm sorry, I don't really have an answer for you either. Um, because I'm just not an IPA guy. I just, uh, I mean, I, I will drink it occasionally if, if it's there, but, uh, and it's cold, but, um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to go with, uh, with Moorline because a strawberry flying pig, actually, it sounds like I'm definitely going to try. <laughs> Crazy name. So thanks for the question. Richard Stallard says this. I began watching baseball about 1964-1965. By 1970, I was glued to the Saturday game of the week. Since then, I've watched thousands of games in person or television. In these 56 or so years, I never remember seeing any player kiss his finger before stepping into bat. Guess the game done passed me by. <laughs> Richard, uh, I've known you for a long time. I love you. I'm not sure, sure I really understand. Is somebody for the Reds kissing their finger? It's not ringing a bell to me. Some, so some, I, I must have missed it. Is some current player kissing his finger before stepping into bat? I don't know, Richard. Uh, you're going to, have to comment on your on your comment there at uh, Patreon and let us know who you're talking about. I've never seen that as well. I've seen a player kiss his bat. I saw that no, last night in Louisville. I've seen uh, a player lick his bat. <laughs> I remember that one too. Yeah, your old friend uh, Yasiel Puig. Um, so anyway. Doug, I think we've probably done this one to death. What do you think? I, we have been going for over an hour now, so you know, we, we've, we've covered a lot. We have, and, uh, you know, it's the same old Reds, but the I called them the rowdy Reds early, earlier in the year because they're just, they kind of keep coming at you, and they're, they're, they are fun. Even when they're frustrating because of the bullpen, this team, they don't, they don't quit. They play hard. They seem to enjoy playing with each other. They're really a fun team to follow. If ownership had just supported them, man, this this team could have been one of the most popular teams of our lifetimes. I mean, you can kind of squint your eyes and see how that could have happened, right? Absolutely. The, you know, the, the thing that you said there that really stands out to me, they don't quit. And I, I love to see that. It just feels like they're never really out of the game until you start thinking about the bullpen. But, you know, the, the offense, it, it, they're really never out of the game. They're, you always can see where they could get it done, even if it's late. We've seen it time and time again. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's why we're going to keep watching, uh, ha- except I'm not watching them tonight. I'm sorry, Doug. They're, they're starting the series against the, the hot Atlanta Braves, uh, but I'm not going to watch watch them tonight. Do you know why? Uh, I do not. Yeah, I, I do. I almost went a full podcast. Mm. Almost went a full <laughs> podcast oh. without mentioning. But you all should ignore Cincinnati tonight as well in favor of watching the University of Virginia Cavaliers in the, an elimination game in the College World Series versus the University of Texas Longhorns. Go support Brian O'Connor and the, and the Virginia Cavaliers, the Wahoos. Come on. I almost made it to the end, but I couldn't. I couldn't help it. wahoo Hey, It's your podcast. You can do whatever you want, Chad. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what an exciting team. Anyway, um, Doug, always good talking to you, buddy. Glad to be on. I cannot wait for next time. You know, uh, you all know where to subscribe to the podcast, where you can find us. Go to redlegnation.com uh, and redsminorleagues.com, where uh, Doug and the crew are following this team uh, and have been uh, every day since 2005. Uh, we, I need at least three more uh, patrons this week. Who's going to step up to the plate? Who's going to step up? And uh, I guarantee at least one patron next week is going to be named a cleanup hitter. And I'm probably going to forget that, so let me write that down now. <laughs> Cleanup hitter because we're going to be, one new patron is going to be the cleanup hitter for our beer league softball team and the MVP. Who will it be? Because uh, I sure ain't giving it to Phil Razor. Phil, did you hear that? It sounds like you need to sign up three more times all by yourself and force Chad to make you the cleanup hitter. 
Fortunately, I know that Phil logged off after we mentioned his name, uh, his question before. So, um, all right. Well, uh, good time here, Doug. Great talking to you for Doug Gray and Dougie Fresh. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.